If you want to know anything and everything there is to know about how to sell your house, you're in the right spot, my friend. Welcome to the How to Sell a House podcast. Here we are again on another, this is an important episode of howtosellahousepodcast.com. And this is really one that most of us, if you own a home, this is the way that you've moved on to the next one, how to buy and sell a house during the same time frame at the same time um, to make it all smooth as you can possibly make it. So we're going to do that. How to sell a house. This one's how to sell a house podcast.com. How to buy and sell a home at the same time. This is like how to sell a house podcast squared. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So here we go. We're going to get up, get, get going on it. I'm Lauren Sanders. I'm Chris Erickson. And I'm Cassidy Lewis. Let's do it. So really, there's three different things that can go on. You either sell your house first and then buy the house right after. So there's that method. Sell, rent back, uh, that type of thing, and then buy a house. There's the contingent method, which is used to be the norm back when I got in this business. You had to sell your house. You needed the equity from your current house. And so you would sell your house and close it contingent, uh, buy the next home contingent upon that sale. And then there's some hybrid things that have come along. Well, one is if you just got money in the bank and you, you want to go make it as simple as possible on yourself, go buy the house you want and then come back and sell your house. And you can do that also with a bridge loan, which they have these days. So that's the three options, basic options. Let's get into them in detail. So the first option Lauren mentioned was sell first and then buy kind of at the same time. So it's kind of what we're seeing a lot right now in this market is basically selling your house, asking for a rent back, and then go out during that time frame and purchase your next home. So a rent back is basically you're renting your house back from the person or people who bought it from you. And that time frame can vary. Even sometimes you could just see like a three-day rent back. Just I mean, that's just kind of to transition out of the house, make sure everything's done, make sure you're not cramped for time. But a more traditional rent back what gives you some time to actually get out there, search for the house, and give you some sort of timeline where you're not super rushed, maybe a 30 to 60-day. And if you're getting a loan, they kind of cap it at that 59-day rent back. Do the lenders, most lenders are going to cap it at that just because after that it becomes a long-term rental and they just don't like that as much when they are running their numbers and giving you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, if somebody's <laughs> giving you a mortgage based on it being your home that you're going to be living in, they're not going to want the rate to be a, a investment mm-hmm. type rate. So that's mm-hmm. the bottom line on that. Yeah. Good point. And there, I mean, and this is the route that we've seen, like you mentioned, kind of in this market, uh, we've seen this probably the most common option if you are trying to sell a home and buy. The only part of this is as the seller, there's a little bit more risk in this just because you're going to sell your house and not have a place to go. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. For the most part, you're not going to have a place lined up or at least you're not going to get a place into escrow until your home is already closed. Not not if you're working with us. What are you talking about? (laughs) Come on. Depends how. Have you had people that didn't get a house in the end? No, I've never had that, but okay, but sellers <laughs> so let's have end that. It there. Let's end it there. <laughs> but that is the question we get a, a lot: is like, will we be able to find something in that negotiated rent back period? And yes, for us, the answer is always yes. But in different markets, when it's 
more competitive and all that, sellers have that little bit of fear in the back of their head that they won't get into Rightly something. Rightly so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame them. Yeah. It, that, that angst that you get once you've sold your house and you don't know where you're going, mm-hmm. it's definitely an emotional time. So yeah. we do whatever it takes to find the next house, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Knock door, you know, whatever. Go yeah. find a house that's not for sale. We ju- we're just coming off the most intense uh, seller's market in history here. Mm-hmm. So if you could do this during this time, then it should get easier. Now, mm-hmm. the one caveat with all of this is the main reason this worked is because sellers had so much control. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's waning. Right back yeah, so yeah. that's waning. There's going to be buyers now. I mean, I'm aware of deals going on now where the buyer's like, no, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not part of a, I don't want to rent back. I want to move in in 30, 45 days. Mm-hmm. And so I suspect that'll fade mm-hmm. somewhat. Especially the free rent back. Yeah, the free rent backs that we've seen a ton of right now where people are getting, I mean, I've seen some long ones, uh, you know, longer than that, that 60 days, but like a a free rent back for 60 days, 59 days, whatever it might be is super common right now. But in a traditional market, you as a seller are going to be paying basically, I mean, it's negotiated between you and the buyer, but like a traditional one would be their what their mortgage is going to be PITI to cover all that expenses so that the buyer you're they're not you know paying the mortgage and not actually living there what's PITI principal interest taxes and insurance don't so, forget the homeowner fee and ho- HOA if there is so, one. yeah yeah so 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 back back in the day when you would do these people would be willing to do it some buyers because they were coming from a rental or something and and timing wise it worked with them mm-hmm. But they wanted like you might have been in the home for two hundred thousand. You're selling it for eight, mm-hmm. and so their payment structure was quite a bit different than what yours was. <laughs> and so you know those are things that you keep in mind too. That'll come back more into play now. Yeah, um, as- that that yeah. Hey, I'll rent it back to you, but you need to pay. It's going to cost me forty eight hundred dollars a month. And so there's an offset from maybe what you're paying. You could be paying twenty five hundred right mm-hmm. now. So don't don't expect that. Although everything's negotiable and it's it's a timing thing and it's a money thing and it's a how the hot or cold the market is where you are. Yeah, in in this situation too, uh, as with kind of all of them, but this one especially where you do have that thirty to sixty day time frame to go find a place, have a plan B as well. Like if you can't find a place or it just you know just have a plan B, either somewhere to rent. Can you stay with family? Can you get your stuff in storage? Can you just do a short term Airbnb while you're still you know, looking, can you do that financially, all that kind of stuff, just have a plan B just in case. Uh, so when you do get to the end of that time frame, you're not, well, you're going to be stressed no matter what, but it won't be as stressed if you have somewhere for you and your family to go. Yep. Timelines are good. Yeah. Yep. If you get three weeks, four weeks, five weeks into your rent back of 60 days and you don't have a house you're going to yet, start putting plan B into place to get storage and things. So. And we talk about a lot too, that, that selling your house isn't easy and it's time consuming and it's almost like having a second job when you're actually doing it. So definitely have it be the main focus of what you're doing because as soon as you're able to start making offers on properties, non-contingent offers on properties, we'll get into the other option later, but be ready to hit the ground running and have all of your ducks in a row to, to get yourself into escrow as quick as possible. So the other option, if this if the rent back option is not ideal for you, if you want a little bit more of that security of not losing your house 
before you start making offers on houses is to sell your home and buy a home contingent. So our suggestion is to always have your house ready to go before you start looking to buy. Have your house ready to either get listed right away or already have it listed and uh, in escrow would be ideal. Uh, And then start making offers on houses contingent on the sale of your home. That allows you to buy. um, It's usually not going to be closing on both on the same day. That's just we don't see that as much anymore, but at least in the same time frame, that makes it all kind of work for your sale of your home and then the home you're also buying. So Chris, what does contingent mean? So contingent in real estate is in any sense means depending on certain circumstances in real estate, when a house is listed, this is coming from online, this is from my head. So (laughs) when a house is listed as contingent, it means that an offer has been made and accepted, but before the deal is complete, some additional criteria must be met. So whether it be closing on the purchase of your home or closing on the sell of your home on the buy side, depends mm-hmm. on which way you go, that is what contingent means. There's two. Well, there's two versions of that that you can use when you're selling your house too. You can put your house on the market for sale and you can accept an offer on your house contingent upon you finding a suitable replacement house. That's the ultra safe way to do the whole thing. Now, the downside to that is you may not get the best buyer because if I'm a serious buyer and I want to move and I'm willing to pay the most and I, I want to move into a house, if there's that cloud on it that, hey, you might not find the house you want, so I'm just wasting my time here, mm-hmm. that happens. Or money, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's one way the contingency can fall on this. The other way the contingency um, is, like Cassie explained, I have my house in escrow or I'm going to put my house on the market and the whole transaction that I'm doing on the buy side is contingent upon that one closing escrow because you need the equity. Most, most people need the equity from that to do the next one. Most loans, you know, you can get pre-approved for a loan that's not contingent upon the sale of your house, but that could put you in a position that's in a financial position. That's a stretch or an uncomfortable position. So most people uh, or many people will just do it contingent upon the closing of their property. The contingency being that your home closes escrow. It's the protection. Yeah. Contingency is just that. Yep. Yep. That. And just like they are in a contract when you're buying a house, you've got contingencies that are set up to protect you. Make sure you're getting what you think you're getting. Um, and if you're not, they give you the opportunity to adjust or cancel one or the other. So that's, that's what happens on, on many of these. You know, over the years, I've seen them where this was a normal process of business 25 years. In a normal market, it's more of a, a normal way to do it because many people do need to sell their house to buy one. So, And there weren't as many products around back then where, hey, you can use the equity from this to put a down payment and do what the next option is, is a bridge loan, which we'll talk about. So, Or give yourself a bridge loan if you've got money in places and you want to buy first, you go buy the house that you want. And uh, you people either do that by pulling cash from somewhere and buying the home they want, or also pulling cash and getting a loan on that house they want that they qualify for. And then going back and putting their current house on the market from a safety standpoint, as far as getting what you want on both ends, that's the safest. It's also the most expensive because you're going to have a period of time where you're paying for two properties by definition, mm-hmm. uh, buying one, closing on it, and then, and then selling your other home. But yeah. way less hassle 
on the sell side because you don't you can get your house prepared, totally dialed in, staged or whatever you want to do on that end and move out and let the agent have at it and get the property sold. Yeah, and there are some cons with this method. Let's say the market shifts as let's say okay, this would be a good example that just could literally have happened in the last few months when the market was crazy hot in you know the first quarter of this year. So market kind of started shifting in April or May. So let's say you bought a house during that time frame with the plans to sell your house later on. You bought it thinking you're going to first off sell it in a, in a week after you buy your current, you know, after you buy your house with the money you have and also sell it quickly for uh, whatever the price may be. And in the last few months, we've seen homes sit on the market quite a bit longer. The days of market have gone up significantly from like, I don't know, seven days to 40. Yeah, it's gone up very, very quickly. And so during that time frame, you're going to have both those mortgages. You're going to have to keep that house up and running as far as all the expenses included with that, electricity, anything else included with the house, just normal maintenance. You know, if the market does shift and that, and you, there are no buyers, who knows how long that could go on for. So just you're going to have to have a different kind of contingency contingency plan for that in case, you know, and basically that just comes down to, uh, a monetary amount of how long you can afford to keep that going. So, and if the prices shift and you do get less than you expected, you know that's just another risk. Is that as well? It is is a risky and expensive, like both of you have mentioned. But it is the the way to really control the timeline completely. Like it gives you the ability to control everything, and that's why there's risk in it. Yeah. Well, and many people do that or have these past years because they buy that one they want and then they can fix it and do what they want to it, make it the way they want it before they actually move out of their current house. So that happens a lot. It, it all depends on your financial situation on this. For mo- many folks that do it, it's, you know, the impact of, of the risk can be something. If, if your numbers are, very close on both of them. It's not something in our current market you would probably want to consider because we're in a changing market. Yeah. Yeah. Dynamic. It it is dynamic. I mean, things, things have cooled uh, fairly quickly, although prices are holding their own for the most part. Timing could be, it could take you a month and a half longer than you thought it was going to take. Mm -hmm. And you could have more expenses. So you know, it could be more expensive. So I, I would just run the numbers. And the best thing to do is to hedge on the side of caution. For some, it's worth it, you know, for the time, uh, f- for the less stress to a degree. And it, less hassle, too. Like yeah. the on the listing side, to list your ho- your current house when you've already moved into your new one um, makes things a lot easier. Not yeah. having to get out of your house for showings and worry about valuables and open houses and all of those parts of uh, those aspects of selling too. Cause we've, we have a ton of other episodes on how to prep the house for sale, open house, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it is some work. So if you're not there, it's staged. It's a lot easier to show and takes a lot of stress off you. Yeah. Yep. And easier to get top dollar too, especially yep. like you said, staged it conditions. Good. Don't have to worry about, you know, all those day of showing aspects as a seller too. So you really good opportunity to get a top dollar if you're not in the house and it can show as perfect as possible every time. So that's how to sell a house, especially if you need to buy as well. And with all of these options, obviously there's positives, pros and cons. 
um, of each of them. So definitely have that contingency period or contingency plan, that plan B, if something doesn't go perfectly according to plan. Um, just have a spot to go. Um, it is a stressful, especially if you've never done it before. It is a new thing to learn. So it's definitely, you know, have those other plans in place. That's an absolute necessity because keep in mind too, you're self buying a house, just buying a house. There's like 45 people involved in mm-hmm. what's going to go on. And all of those things have to go correctly to, for the timing to be what it's supposed to be. The, and and it, so then you got maybe 90 people involved in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> so there's the more moving parts, the more people, humans involved, the more important it is to have a backup plan if not everything goes according to plan. Well, and to have somebody piloting, guiding you, mm-hmm. you need like a. Like if you were going to go to the Himalayas, you want a Sherpa, right? Even though if you're, even even if you were like a pro, you know, you've bought and sold many houses, or you're you're a mount, mountain climber. That's that's your job. They mm-hmm. still get somebody that's going to guide them through to keep uh, eyes and ears on those multiple things that are going on, because that's really the only way these things happen on time and the least amount of stress is to make sure your your guidance that you got um, going through. Uh, the process is is in place because mm-hmm. it's super important. And if you guys need some guidance in your neck of the woods, while we're in San Diego, you can hit us up. All our information at howtosellhousepodcast.com. Or if you're elsewhere, we got a great network of people all around the United States, some Canada too. So hit us up if you guys need some help and a good guide. A Mexico good, as well. Mexico as well. There we go. We got the whole North America covered. <laughs> so hit us up, howtosellhousepodcast.com. And do all your research here. we got a ton of other episodes as well. So go check them out. Catch you guys all in the next episode.